Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, today we're taking a uh, break from our series in Galatians, and uh, then we will pick back up on it uh, next week. Uh, you know, we, we plan out uh, a year's worth of messages. Uh, the senior team gets together, we pray about it, we pray about uh, what God wants to share with our people. So we plan things out for usually 12 months in advance, but we always say, hey, whenever the Holy Spirit makes something really clear, we, we pay attention to that. Well, this has been one of those weeks where the Holy Spirit uh, spoke to my heart and he said, here's the message, I want you to bring this this week and it's totally different from what we've been doing and so I I, um, I pay attention to the Holy Spirit and I try to be obedient to, to him and what that means is that there's there's not just one but there's many of you here today that truly need to hear what is going to be shared from God's Word that you need to hear it so listen with your spiritual ears because if you're one of those individuals don't miss out on what God wants to say and communicate to you personally. So uh, have your spiritual ears open and having your, have your heart open to what God's word uh, has to say to us. Um, and uh, I, I guess what I want to talk about is the war that we have in our minds. Uh, the Bible's very clear about this, that there is a battle that takes place, a spiritual battle that takes place. And we, we uh, need to be aware of this war that's happening because, let's face it, some of us lose this battle every single day. And, but, based on what we're going to read in Scripture, we can win these battles. And Jesus has made it possible to win these battles. And God has given us the weapons necessary to win these battles. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to start with verse 3. And we're going to, we're going to walk through um, these verses and then glean from it what God wants to teach us. He says, we are human... But we don't wage war as humans do. So he's telling me right off, the, right at the get-go, hey, these battles that you fight, if you fight it on human terms, you're going to lose every time. He says, we, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use godly, uh, God's mighty weapons. You see, when I, I try to use my arsenal of weapons, human weapons, they might work for a short period of time, but usually not very long. And usually, usually I wind up losing. Pretty much every time. So if there's some godly weapons, some mighty weapons that God has provided, I need to know what they are, and I need to take advantage of them. He said, uh, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. And with these weapons, we knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. 
We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. I mean, it, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, is people being kept from holy God. And, and so Satan sets up these strongholds around those people. Those individuals who have not trusted Jesus, those, those I mean, they can be church people. Maybe, maybe Satan has put a stronghold around you, even as, a, even as a believer, that you have bought into some worldly way of thinking and, and the world's viewpoint that it actually has held you captive. Some people willingly walk into Satan's stronghold and, and they're, they're willing to be held captive even though they're not aware of what's even happening. So we destroy, verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and then teach them to obey Christ. Now, when I think of proud obstacles, you know, there's um, one, of the, one of the things that we deal with in our country. There's a, there's a lot of arrogance at a lot of levels in our country, uh, especially when politicians decide that they know what's best for you because you're not smart enough. You know, we're the smart ones. We'll decide what you should think and what you should do and how you should act. And we, we see this every once in a while, not all of them. I mean, I, I'm friends with uh, some politicians that are, they're great people. And I'm glad they're in those positions. I'm very thankful for them. There are a lot of believers in our political system, in our government system, and I'm very thankful for them. And, and there are a lot of them who are truly trying to do the right thing, and I'm thankful for them. So when I'm reading this verse, uh, the arguments that, that is sometimes used, their, their thoughts, their ideas, their speculations, their human reasoning, their philosophies, even their false religions, they become these ideological forts that hold people captive. And um, the Bible says we're to hold every thought captive. Um, we're to tear down those fortresses that keep people from knowing God. You know, we, we have a disadvantage in that you and I as believers get labeled, right? I mean, if you have, if you share some of the things that the Bible says, uh, you can get labeled with all sorts of things. Well, you know, let's just take, for example, um, I, I was really excited when the Supreme Court made its ruling about Roe versus Wade. And, and yet, at the same time, I'm very sensitive to the fact that I know that there are people in our church who have experienced abortion. And, and I would say to you, in no way are you going to hear a judgment word from me. And in no way are, am I going to heap guilt on you. Um, but this is a battle that has been fought for quite some time. And, um, and I'm thankful that 
there have been some stands made. But what I find interesting is that how all of a sudden, you know, the Supreme Court justice who made were in favor of that decision, how they're such evil people. It's, it's like the people who believe in the freedom of speech, as long as it's you're speaking their words, they want you to have freedom of speech as long as you're saying what they believe. And if you don't say what they believe, then they want to take away your freedom of speech and, and uh, they want to label you. And that's, uh, that makes a lot of people just kind of clam up and shut down. But when we try to fight the world's value system with the world's weapons, we're not, we're not going to win those battles. We have spiritual weapons. Prayer is probably one of our biggest spiritual weapons. God's word is a huge spiritual weapon. You know, the weapons of this world, um, education, uh, and uh, I love education. I uh, love what I learned in school. And, uh, but when your education makes you think you're superior and you get to decide for everybody else, then that's, that's not good. And, and, and so I'm the educated one, therefore you don't know anything and I'm gonna tell you what you're supposed to think. We see that in our country some. Uh, so they, they, they think their education, they, some people, the weapons of this world are their learning, their, their uh, personal influence, uh, impressive credentials, Look at my credentials, therefore I'm qualified to tell you how you're supposed to think. They're clever words. I mean, you know, one of the things that, that in the abortion issue, that the word they love to use who are in favor of that is they want to call a baby a fetus. As if to give it a non-human value at that point. So it's just... A fetus. Now, you know, technically that might be right, but it's, it's still a human being. It's a child. So the deal is, we do not wage war as the world wages war. Satan wants to distract us. He wants to distract you. He, he wants to discourage you because ultimately he wants to destroy you. The Bible's very clear about that. You have an enemy. He's an angel of light, so he appears to be good, but he is out to distract you with things that don't matter. He's out to discourage you. Um, even in a healthy community of believers, he's out to isolate you and discourage you. And then ultimately he wants to destroy your dependence, your trust, your faith in God himself. Now, some of the things that his weapons that he use, worry, that's a big one. He loves to help you to worry. He gives you things to worry about, which worry that when it's unchecked leads to anxiety. You ever, I mean, I've experienced anxiety and yeah, it's, it's not fun. I mean, have you ever had a panic attack? I, I have. 
Mary, I remember one time, it's been a couple of times, I remember one time I had a panic attack and I was like, what is going on? I mean, my body's reacting to something here. And, and uh, I, I'll remember exactly when it was. Uh, I was on a mission trip. And uh, we, I think I've told you the story. I was, we were in uh, another country and, and in the Eastern countries, um, Eastern Europe, they, they really believe in small elevators. And uh, so there were three of us, and we were all three good-sized guys. I was actually talking to one of the guys with me the other day that we were in this elevator, and it was a tall building, and the elevator died. And we were in the middle of the floors there. And there's no panic button. There's no intercom system. And, and none of us had cell phones uh, that would work in that country. And so we were stuck. And, um, and when, you know, we were standing shoulder to shoulder, pretty close to each other. And I, I started having, I started saying, something's going on here. I know I'm running out of air to breathe. Even though there was a big old hole in the ceiling of this elevator, which was a first clue, don't get on this elevator. And, uh, and you know, there was plenty of air, but my brain was saying, you're going to run out of air. And, and I said, I got to get this door open. And I tried to open it up and it wasn't going to go anywhere. And then we started, you know, yelling and we didn't speak, uh, we didn't speak Russian. And the people that lived in that particular apartment building didn't speak English. And, uh, and finally I heard this little old lady start to talk to us I later found out that she was uh, the manager of the ho of the of the apartments and uh, she's the one that eventually got us out we were in there for over an hour and I think I started gibber jabbering in Russian and I might have promised to marry her and take her to the United States because then we finally got out and I'm sitting there going man that was a full-blown panic attack and and I had never experienced that before so worry, fears, anxiety, and when all that's left unchecked, guess what comes next? Depression. I mean, full-blown depression that can truly shut you down. And by the way, whenever God puts somebody in your mind, pray for them. Whenever a, a name comes to your brain, a lot of times it's the Holy Spirit putting that person in your mind to pray for them. Shoot them a text and say to them, hey, I was thinking about you and I just want you to know I prayed for you. I cannot tell you how many times I've done that where I got a text back and they said, well, obviously you had no idea what I've been going through. So your text made a big difference. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit when he gives you the opportunity to minister to somebody who's, who's dealing with anxiety and worry and fears. So winning the battles is possible. As a believer, I want you to know that these battles we're talking about, it is possible to win it because God said so. The Bible says so. And I have to choose to believe that. Now, there are many things that are not under your control. You can't control what somebody says to you. You can't control what somebody does to you. But you can control what you do with that. Now, I had my 50th high school reunion recently. And, um, and 50 years since I graduated from high school. Golly. 
And, and so I, I was walking around the room and I saw, saw certain people. And you know what? I could remember from 50 years ago, I could remember specific conversations with some of those individuals, both good and some not so good. I could remember them. And um, the ones that weren't so good, I just have a little check in my spirit where the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, you know, it's been 50 years. Don't you think it's about time you forgave them? And, and I would just say, yeah, I need, I need to let that go. I need to forgive and let it go. And um, we, our brain has the capacity of hanging on to those hurts and those pains. And so when you constantly relive the past and you refuse to forgive, then you're allowing yourself to be held captive inside Satan's prison. And you're held as a prisoner there that you freely walked into that prison. And Satan loves to keep you trapped. But just as Jesus is willing to forgive you, he is willing to give you the power to forgive someone else. And there's some of you here today, it's time to forgive some individuals in your life. And it's okay to pray, Lord, I do not have the ability to forgive them, but you do. And I pray that you will allow me to have that forgiveness from you. And that same forgiveness you've given me, let it pass through me to them and that I can let go of that hurt. Give me the power to forgive. Now that's fighting with a spiritual weapon. That's fighting with the spiritual weapon. You know, I, I'm not in any way saying you need to minimize your past, but you need to certainly take control of it. God's given you the ability to take control of it. I, I want to look at uh, another verse. Philippians chapter 4. It says, don't worry about anything. All right. It's easy to give in to worry and fear, isn't it? It's so easy to give in to that. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, in place of, you should pray about everything. That means you talk to God about it. You talk to God about the things that are causing you to worry. That's who you talk to. Tell God what you need. God, I, I, need, I need forgiveness for my stupid mistake. God, I, I need help in this situation. God, I feel trapped and I need you to show me the way out. Lord, I'm in this relationship and I know it's wrong. Give me the courage to walk away from this relationship, to end it. Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm afraid to do it. Give me the courage to do it. Pray about everything. Even things that you may think are insignificant. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all that he's done. 
So that means you worship him. You, you, you say, God, by the way, thank you. All those times you answered those other prayers and all those times you said no to some things that I asked for and it's proven that you were right because if you had said yes to me, that would have really been bad and it would have led to some bad decisions. And so thank you for your faithfulness in the past. Thank you for your word. Thank you that, uh, yeah, I mean, you just go on and on and on thanking him about things. That's worship. So verse seven says, then, now what that means is, after you've done those things, after you have stopped worrying, after you have prayed about everything, after you have told God your need, after you had thanked, you have thanked him for all his faithfulness in the past, then you will experience God's peace. That's spiritual. The world can give you peace but it'll never last. It will never last. When God gives you peace, it's permanent. Then you will experience God's peace, not before. So if you're looking for God's peace, you see that verse six is your part. That's what you have to do. Verse eight, seven is what God will do. You do these things, then God's going to give you his peace. And I want God's peace, not mine. My, I, don't, I want his peace. He says, then you will experience God's peace, which, by the way, exceeds anything we can understand. This peace is so incredible, so amazing. It, it goes beyond anything you could possibly understand. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And look, look at what his peace does. And I, see, don't interpret this as God will give you warm, fuzzy feelings. Oh, if I do all these things, then God's going to make me feel warm and cozy inside. That's not what he's saying. It says his peace will guard your hearts and your mind. As you live in Christ Jesus, it puts up a, a protection around your mind and around your heart because that's where Satan attacks you. He attacks you up here and he attacks you in here. That's where he goes after you. And God will protect that. You know, it's, it's so easy to give in to worry and fear. And it? It, it's really easy to give in to it. But the Bible, you know, they have discovered that pray, praying actually has a physical impact on the brain. It actually makes a difference. When we worry, you know, you know what happens? When I worry, I think only of me. And when I worry a lot, then I think nobody cares about me. Nobody knows what's going on in my life. And um, <laughs> every once in a while you have this fear of what if people really find out what I'm really like? You ever had that fear? You know, you let people get so close to you, but you don't want to let them get too close because if they got too close, they might not like, like what they find. 
And so our fear keeps people at a certain distance. You know, you can come this close, but no closer. Because I'm afraid if you got too close and you saw who I really was, you would not like me. And I don't want to lose your friendship. Satan, Satan hits you when you're tired. He hits you when you're spiritually malnourished. He hits you when you're alone. That's when he really comes after you. You see, when you're alone, you're disconnected from your community that protects you. That speaks truth into your life. When you're tired, it's easy to let go of your spiritual disciplines. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know what? When you have a battle in your mind, the victory is played out in your speech and your behavior. Or the defeat is played out in your speech and your behavior. When you lose the battle in your mind, it will show up in your speech, how you talk to people, and your behavior, the choices you make. When you win the battle in your mind, it will show up in how you talk to people and then how you behave. So when I watch and listen to people, I can tell you what's going on up here. If you watch and pay attention to your friends, you know what's going on in their life. You know, so, uh, God has given you some mighty strong weapons. He's given us Jesus. He's given us his word. He's given us prayer. He's given us the armor of God. <clears throat> he's given us the church. But one of the things he's given us, the reason I have a table out here today is to demonstrate something. And this is not an original idea. This came from another pastor, but I'm willing to steal it. <laughs> but I give him credit for it. Um, when you became a believer, Jesus invited you to sit at his table. He gave you a table of grace. And, and so this is Jesus' table. So I want you to just imagine this, this table for two. And, and so it's you and Jesus at this table. And he's invited, and, and listen, uh, this is a spiritual analogy because this is the way it is spiritually here on earth. But when we go to heaven, it's gonna be a physical reality. There's another table there, it's a banquet table, and uh, we're gonna be there sitting at the table as the guest of honor as the bride of Christ. But while you're here in this life, Jesus has invited you to sit at his table of grace. And the way you, he, he gives you an invitation to come to this table. And the way you get to sit at this table is by saying yes to Jesus, by saying, I accept what Christ has done for me. Because you died on a cross and you have risen from the dead and you have forgiven me of my sins, I, I take that gift. Forgive me of my sins. And then Jesus says, come sit at my table. You're part of the family now. But there's um, 
another person who wants to sit at the table with you. And his name is Satan. He loves to come sit at this table as well. And sometimes we let him. We listen to him. We let him influence us. We let him discourage us. We let him bring fear and worry. You see, every time I give in to fear, every time I give in to worry, every time I give in to discouragement, I've let Satan pull a chair up to this table. But the Bible says that I have a spiritual weapon to remove him from the table. It's called scripture. Every time Satan came to saddle up next to Jesus, Jesus quoted scripture. That's the weapon. That's the spiritual weapon I have. So when Satan comes along with his lies, because he is trying to discourage you, and he does want to destroy you, at least your confidence in God, my response to him is what God has to say. And every time I quote scripture, he has to pull his chair back away from the table because he knows he's not allowed. So you're sitting at this table of grace. Well, are you sitting at this table yet? I mean, you can even be in the church and still not be sitting at the right table, this table of grace. Are you sitting there right now? If not, you can by accepting the invitation that the master of the table's given you by saying yes to Jesus. And if you are already, already sitting at the table, have you allowed the enemy to come and join you there? And listen, you're listening to his lies and he whispers into your ears. And you're discouraged. And you're anxious. And you're, whenever you see those show up, you're fearful. You're depressed. Whenever you see worry and anxiety and all that stuff showing up, you're listening to him. So we decide to push him away using spiritual weapons. God's word. Now, there are some real issues that you may have that you do need someone to talk to. You need professionals, trained people who to, to, to talk to. Absolutely. I remember when I had that panic attack and, and I thought, man, I, I got to deal with this. And I saw a doctor about it. I talked to one of our counselors in our church about it. I said, hey, I, I got to deal with this. Because it happened a second time. I was coming back from Israel and I was separated from the rest of the team on a flight. And I got put on this smaller plane and it was packed, absolutely packed. And for some reason they thought 85, 90 degrees was normal temperature. So it was hot and it was packed. And I, I just started having another panic attack. I was sitting there going, 
what is happening? And I, it's what triggered in my mind was when I was in Israel, I went through the Holocaust Museum. And at the Holocaust Museum, they had an actual, one of those trained cattle cars that they would transport the Jews to the gas chambers at Auschwitz. They had one of those, one of those train cars there. And those things were small and they would pack it with people. And it was hot and sweltering. You couldn't, I mean, many, many would die just on the train. So you, you were packed in there and the person next to you would die and there's nothing you could do about it. And I don't know what it was, but I, I think when I got on that plane, that image of that cattle car and being packed in a plane, it was hot and sweltering. It, 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 my mind went back to the Holocaust and and I just, I just panicked. And I realized this is, uh, there's something going on here. So, you know, I went and saw a counselor and I, I saw my doctors and, and um, they helped me get a handle on that. My, now my doctor, I saw it on my report. He wrote in there, fear of flying. I was sitting there going, no, 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 you can't put that in there. <laughs> you know, I fly airplanes. You put that in there, they're going to take away my license. What is wrong with you? And, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was, I was allowing Satan to get in up here. Some of you need to come and sit at the table of grace today for the very first time. Some of you need to push the enemy's chair away. I wonder, I wonder what you need to do. Some of you, you're in a relationship right now, you need to stop it. You just need to stop it. You need to end it. Some of you, um, you're facing with a hard decision and, uh, and you don't know what to do. You need to take it to the Lord and pray about everything. Some of you are living in fear. You just, fear has imprisoned you. Worry has imprisoned you. I'm going to pray for you. I pray that um, some of you stop hanging out with those who bring you down. I'm going to pray for some of you who are spending way too much time alone. We were not meant to be alone. I'm going to pray for some of you who are in relationships that need to, to end. I'm going to pray for you to be set free.